Hi, I'm Jason Nichols, and I'm on the left. And I'm Vince Colonnese, and I'm on the right. And, and if, if we, we can't, can't find, find common, common ground, ground in this world, world today, today, then we're all just travelers. Passing each other in an international airport. And this great American experiment will be relegated to the trash bin of history. So let's come together to debate without yelling. And, and let's, let's save, save this, this nation. nation. Dave Chappelle's back with a new special that's got people outraged and sports fans are chanting something about Joe Biden. This is Vincent Jason, Save the Nation. Close your mouth. Where's a mask? Do you read English? Do you read English? No, I'm actually... You don't read, no, right? Don't read any English. Okay, you don't read English. Then you should go back to your country, man. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. With the Democratic majority in the House and Senate, we will deliver bold progress for the people when we have President Joe Biden in the White House. Yo, so get with the times. Don't be an asshole. Vincent Jason Save the Nation is brought to you by Gold Cup. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Vincent Jason Save the Nation. We have an exciting show for you today on a Friday. Vince, what's up? Well, you see Dave Chappelle out with his final Netflix special, this one called The Closer. Uh, and, you know, another hour long special. And, uh, you know, he, in some of these past specials, he's offended people and uh, and caused some outrage with his remarks. Uh, and this one appears to be no exception. Um, this time talking about the rapper DaBaby and uh, making sure to jump right back into, as he calls it, LBGTQ uh, issues once again. Um, we're going to take a look here at this clip. And, you know, obviously... One of the constraints here we have with a video like this is the copyright. So you and I will talk about this uh, in just a moment here. Take a listen. This is true. Google it. The baby shot and killed a in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. Do you see where I'm going with this? In our country, you can shoot and kill a but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. All right, so so the joke that's getting uh, Dave Chappelle in trouble, one of many, uh, is that he says uh, that rapper Da Baby, who said apparently some pretty insulting things about gay people on a stage recently, uh, was canceled, canceled, uh, and apparently has suffered some career consequences for those remarks. But that in an earlier incident years ago, Da Baby had shot someone in a Walmart in North Carolina, uh, dead and didn't suffer any career consequences as a result of that. Now, my understanding is that this was some sort of self-defense and that there was some reason why uh, he was not held criminally liable for that shooting death. But Dave Chappelle's trying to make a point that as a culture, um, there's a lot more aggression towards insulting a gay person, is what he says, than shooting somebody dead. And uh, now there, there are people kind of pissed off that he even said any of this. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting critique there. Um, I do think that it goes, you know, to the idea that for in a lot of cases, um, we don't give lives, particularly black people's lives value, <clears throat> which is the implicit uh, message there is that when, you know, a black person dies, it's like, but, you know, you can't hurt certain people's feelings or make certain people upset. Right. Um, 
Now, again, I, I, you know, um, some of the other comments that he made, you know, you could argue whether it was funny or not. Um, and I think comedy is supposed to push the line, you know, like comedy is that that's one of the beauties of comedy. It pushes yeah. the political line. It's it's not something that everybody's going to be with. Everybody's going to think it's funny. Like, you know, that that's one of the genius things about comedy. Like if you listen to, you know, you had some comedians who, uh, you know, didn't offend anybody, you know, the Bill Cosby's of the world prior, <laughs> you know, didn't offend anybody. But some of the, the edgy comedy um, are the things that we're still talking about to this very day. And, yeah. you know, I think Dave Chappelle is doing something that's creating conversation. And I think that's, sure. you know, not always a bad thing. I, and I think, like I said, the, the conversation about the value of Black lives in our society, when a Black person dies or gets shot to death, we're like, you know, I, I think that that's a conversation <clears throat> that needs to be had. And again, I, I don't know about the Walmart situation, but I know that there was like a home invasion where the baby shot somebody, you know, um, again, the baby's not a game. He's really not to be played with. Uh, but, you know, he shot another dude who was, you know, was in his house. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, self-defense situations, you know, I think a lot of people understand that nuance. Uh -huh. um, I also think, you know, career consequences, when you go out and do something, like this idea that I can do and say any, anything and people who are offended should just keep their mouths shut, I don't agree with that either. Um, I think people should, you know, be able to, to get upset or to boycott or do whatever it is that, that they think is right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even if I disagree with it, I didn't like when, when people freaked out over Colin Kaepernick, but guess what? It's their right. If they want to turn off the television or say, yeah. I don't want to go to a game, you know? So this idea, Oh, you can't cancel anybody. No, you can, you know, that that's totally you're right, but don't cancel. Vincent, Jason, save the nation. Keep watching. That's right. You know, so, keep those views coming in. Here's what I like about Dave Chappelle. I like a lot about Dave Chappelle. First of all, he's truly funny. And and another thing is like, there's there's none of his jokes are really simple. These are not like simple knock knock jokes or something. This is like yeah. there's straight up nuance to every single thing he says. And in this special, he complains about his critics not even detecting the nuance to his jokes. He, he didn't cite this one in this special, but. I remember his joke about abortion that he told in one of his Netflix specials, and it caught a lot of people's attention. He was saying that he's totally fine with abortion. He's OK with a woman's right to to abort her baby, uh, so long as uh, the father gets to make a choice, too, of whether or not to pay child support. Yeah, that's not a new position either, by the way. That's and, like and he lays this, but he lays it out really well on a joke. And then he goes and then the punchline of the joke is and I'm going to mangle it here, but I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. The punchline of the joke is because if you can kill this baby, I can at least abandon it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember that joke. And first of all, and then so at the, the, the last thing he says as that joke concludes is, and if I'm wrong, maybe we're wrong. And then he moves on. And then it's like, it's one of those things where he just spent the whole joke saying that he's for abortion. And then, and then maybe, you know, maybe fathers don't have to pay child support. That could be their choice. And then he says, but if I'm wrong about this, then maybe we're all wrong. <laughs> and, right. and then he just moves on. And it's one of those things where he's like, he takes a key, he sticks it in your brain, he opens up the door, and then he lets you handle the rest. Well, I think he actually read a book. There's a book that talks about this by this woman whose name I'm, I'm going to forget. I'm forgetting. But 
Um, she wrote a book called When Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost. Mm. Uh, and it was, it's, it's, you know, an interesting book. It's a funny book. Uh, it, it's an interesting take on feminism where this woman is like, you know, and I, I don't know if we can say this on the show, but one of her things is she's like, you know, we all like the sensitive man. We love sensitive men at conferences. We love to talk to them. We love to read their essays, but she's like, none of them made my panties wet. You know what <laughs> I mean? She's like, like the, like the thugged out dudes. Uh -huh. Um, but so it's an interesting thing that she talks about in terms of like masculinity. But one of the things she said is she was for men having the right to abdicate their parental rights. If, you know, if they can't pressure you into an abortion as your body, your choice, fine, but they should be able to walk away from this. And mm -hmm. that was the first time I'd ever read that. So when I saw the Chappelle joke, I was like, that totally makes sense. You know, and, and women were the first people to say that black women. Yeah first people to say that. And I totally get it. Like, if you don't want to have a child in your life, you shouldn't have to have a child in your life. Right, right. You know, that's, that's kind of the, the discussion. And I think, you know, the, the way that he ended the joke was, was a really interesting thing. The other thing is he gets a lot of, like a lot of people were upset about what he said about transgender people. Um, but then he talks about, again, I, you know, I, I don't want to say the words, but you know, he's like, I sat there and I was in a hotel room and I had a discussion with a transgender woman. And he's like, and you know, I, I breast copulated her, you know, because, you know, it's just some friction, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was funny. And he was, you know, making fun of sexuality altogether in uh -huh. that, in that situation. Um, I do think that, you know, he starts conversations for sure. And I, and I think that's, the important thing. Um, and I think that the transgender community and other parts of the LGBT community who um, are offended, the idea shouldn't be, you know, pull it down or whatever. But if you want to go to your community and say, don't watch this special, you know, which I think actually has the reversed effect, because now I'm like, what's all the what's all the fuss about? Well, I wasn't even excited forbidden. for this one. Yeah. Yeah. After I watched eight minutes and 46 seconds, I thought was incredible and genius except for the stuff he said about candace owens because she's really not smart but everything else i thought was was freaking amazing um but you know i wasn't necessarily pumped to watch this new one i was like all right what's he gonna talk about i'm, I'm not even all that you know i'm watching some other documentaries but mm -hmm. now i'm gonna watch it because now i want to see what all you know what all the hubbub is about. And uh, I think it actually sometimes the idea of canceling somebody, this is why very few people get canceled. It actually makes people more interested in what they, in what was said. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see somebody who's got that much power and cachet touch forbidden subjects because the sure. ability to destroy their career is, is a lot harder in For the sure. case of Dave Chappelle. All right, let's move on here. We've got a, a lot to get to. All right. Uh, you want to see some college craziness? This involves, uh, uh, we got a mask as usual uh, and uh, a girl's father. Let me see. The way the clip is described is a girl's roommate's father screams at her boyfriend for not wearing a mask inside what looks like a college dorm room. Let's take a look. Okay. So Pico, you didn't wear your mask. But I feel like getting closer. Okay. Not good. Close your mouth. Wear some mask. Do you read English? Do you read English? No, I'm actually... You don't read, no, right? Don't read any English. Okay, you don't read English. Then you should go back to your country, man. I don't know where you're from. 
Is this a joke right now? No. Thora, are you just going to let your dad say this to me? So what? Do you know how you guys have been treating me lately? I'm not talking to you guys about it. So what? So go back to my country. I don't know. You see, you don't know English. I'm from Hong Kong. I know English. Sir, come on. Come on what? You don't know who I am. Dad, come on. Sir, you're... Show me! Show me who you are! I'm nervous! Are you, are you gonna get your husband, ma'am? Because he's yelling at me, trying to get me... Oh, did I get... Yeah, beat me! I'm come not, on! I'm so scared! I'm, I'm, I'm not, scared! I'm not gonna fight you. This is, no, I'm scared! I, I, you know, this isn't... I'm scared! Okay, what the hell is going on? Jason, explain this to me, would you? I, you're an expert I wish on, I... on human relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I wish I could explain that. Um... It sounds to me, though, like there was some there's more to that story. And the reason I, there's always more to the story. But the reason I say that is because uh, the young man uh, speaks to the the guy's daughter and he says, are you really going to let your dad talk to me this way? And she's like, well, you've been treating me really badly. You know what I mean? Oh, you and her. So it sounds like there was some sort of inter roommate beef and then. She told her dad and her dad was just hyped, you know, came in and he wanted to provoke a fight, I guess, <laughs> you know, which is with this like 19 year old kid. I mean, um, that was like that was like straight out of like a Mel Brooks comedy or something. No, like, it, that was yeah. like that dude saying, do you speak English? I speak English. I was I, I swear to you. Yeah. I'm, he said, I'm, do you read English? And I was like, read what? <laughs> no, no, no. I know. But uh, but his pronunciation of the word English, he said English when he said I was I was laughing so hard when I saw that. I was like, I'm like, dude, like <laughs> he speaks better English than you do. What are you talking right. about? He's screaming in his face. And you that need to go back to your country. <laughs> and then he starts. Oh, yeah. And then he says, go back to your country. He said, what? What? I don't even know what he's. He's from Hong Kong. Wow. That was incredible to your country. And, and I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what was going on there. Like I said, I think he that said, there's probably more to the story. He um, said, beat me, go ahead, beat me. He said, I'm so scared. You know, it was and like, he's, bro, it's like shrieking. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, honestly, if that were happening, I would have been like, you know, I, I honestly, and I think I said this to you off camera. I was like, I, I would think I was getting punked. Yeah, I'd be like, "Where's where are the cameras? Where's Ashton Kutcher? I didn't That's know right. you guys were bringing this thing back because there's <laughs> there's absolutely no way I would have thought that was real." Um, he's lucky he kept his mask on though because now he can't be so easily identified. But his daughter should be very embarrassed right now, <laughs> and his wife should have been embarrassed at the time and stepped in the middle of that. There's no way my wife would have let me go off like that on some kid you know what i mean she'd have been like this is embarrassing please uh, there's stop. also there's nothing less intimidating than being shrieked at at some guy <laughs> in a mask he's like yeah. i was like whoa easy yeah. buddy yeah uh, i don't know what was going on there but <laughs> if that guy had a problem he should have just pulled the kid outside and been like look be nicer to my daughter please or you know yeah. something you know but that <laughs> all of that was just like even the kid was like, "Are you serious? This can't be real." <laughs> like, I, I know. Was confused. Yes, uh, I agree with that kid. I have no idea again what the setup is for that, but that's an amazing moment, and I and I agree. This can't be real. Yet it is. That was that was a great clip. <laughs> Thank you for that, producer Gary. Um, all right, let's jump into the next one here. Uh, 
there's an elderly couple here that are mad at a person who's sitting next to them on a plane because he's taking his mask down to eat. Now, I, I'm, I think that's the way you're supposed to eat. I think you know, <laughs> you're supposed to, you have to take your mask down, but here, let's take a look at this and see if, if we agree, this is as crazy as it sounds. Wait a second. All right. So here's what's here's, here's my thought immediately. Everyone in this clip is an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. Every dude, single one. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that dude was totally being a jerk on purpose. Uh, and he was taking sick pleasure in eating that candy bar. Like that was almost X-rated the way he was consuming that candy yeah. bar. And he was like, he's eating it. And then he keeps on panning from himself. And, and he's like back, shaking his head. He's and like, back to the people. And the people are so scared. I feel so sorry for them. Can you imagine being that paralyzed by fear? They've got the they've got the plastic face shield on, and yeah. they've got the mask on. Undoubtedly, N95, and they're they're all like strapped up. the The woman is clutching her husband close, like like they've got to stay together. Like this is the one bubble of air that they can breathe in. <laughs> this guy's this guy's eating this candy bar. Everyone in this clip is a disaster, Jason. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think um. Obviously, they, they looked like they were a little bit elderly, probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing they they probably have some some health issues or some comor comorbidities. My thing is, don't get on a plane then like people are going to take their masks down. Yeah, they're going to be children who don't keep masks on. If you are really, really terrified about those circumstances, there's always going to be the I won't say dumb person. But the person who goes into the bathroom, like the most enclosed part of like any building or anything, and takes their mask down to use the restroom as if they're pooping out of their mouth or peeing out of their mouth. <laughs> what? You know, so like I, I see it all the time. I'm like, why are you taking the mask down in the bathroom and then pulling it up? <laughs> like this is the tightest, you know, space. If, yeah. If you're worried about the mask. It's an escape. I mean, if they're doing it, it's because they're escaping all the rules everywhere else. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like it's like I don't know about you, but I, in my case, and I feel like in the case of husbands everywhere, like the one area you get to kind of escape from all the judgment, all the concern, all the did you take out the trash, all the questions, all the rules. <laughs> it's like. Hey, I'm in the restroom and right. like, you've been in there for half an hour. Yeah. Because I'm halfway through a great book. Leave me alone. Right, right. <laughs> this is, I'm having, I'm having a good old time in here. Nobody's bothering me. They know this, this space is supposed to be sacred. Unless you're like Christian cinema, the bathroom is sacred. you no one well, can bother you. Listen, I want you to, to come and speak to my wife because <laughs> I'll be in the bathroom. I'll, like you said, I'll be on that, 
you know, porcelain throne, reading a book, and my wife will come boom, 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 you know, and have a full on conversation with me while I'm <laughs> sitting there. I'm just like, Lord. She she figured it out. She knows that she yeah, she knows nah. the truth. I'm like, are you sitting outside of the door? <laughs> you know, like, you know, so there's no escape. Um none. none. No so, boundaries. But but honestly, I think people under those circumstances. Um, if you're worried about someone dropping their mask for a short period of time, yeah, I can understand if he just like took it down and just kept it down. But if you're worried about someone eating and sitting next to you, you probably should drive. You know what I mean? Like you probably right. should should find some other way. Um, and you know, likewise, if you're going to be a jerk and keep your mask down or not wear a mask or not pay attention to the rules, you should drive too. Would you be allowed to wear um, a scuba outfit on the plane? Could you bring an oxygen tank with you and then, you know, the breathing device for a scuba tank and then spend the entire flight in scuba gear? Would that work? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, (laughs) go for it. Enjoy yourself. Uh, My thing is people act like, you know, all of this is some sort of right. Um, And I I don't think it is like if you're going to if you're really that nervous because of maybe some some health conditions or whatever you know, rent a car. Um, and that way, you know, you can travel. And the same thing, if you're going to be that guy who's, like you said, filleting the, the Hershey's <laughs> bar, you know, uh, and get kind of homoerotic, then I would say, you know, in that case, why didn't you just get in a car? Like, yeah, why, why just, terrorize these old people who are scared? Like, don't, get, don't lean in on that, you know? Just get vaccinated and wear the mask and stop panicking. Those are, I think that's I think those are the three the three steps to being an elderly person who wants to fly on a plane. Yeah, um, for sure. Get that get, booster. There you go. Get the booster. Booster's approved. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Let's check out a, a, an ad that's designed to attack Ron DeSantis. You can tell me whether or not you think it succeeds. Take a look. OK. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not gonna be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates lockdowns or any of that stuff. As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever and wherever with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling with us. And please, Enjoy your forever purge. COVID-19 is surging again. This is the time to double down. The governor is doubling down. He says students shouldn't be forced to wear masks. If you are trying to lock people down, I'm going to stand in your way. Florida just requested 300 new ventilators. Hospitals are filling up here. There is evidence that children are making up much higher cases that are emerging. The numbers continue to rise across Florida. This fall, don't breathe in. This is insane. 
the Forever Purge. Coming to a theater and live streaming networks near you. Yeah, I'm never a fan, honestly, of those really dystopian ads. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I honestly think the the right, the political right, they were the people who really started that kind of trend, and then the left kind of took on because I think they they can be effective, like mm-hmm. in motivating your base to be like, whoa, this is crazy. This person's crazy. They're going to do something crazy. They're going to, you know, make my life, you know, uh, a living hell. Um, I'm never a fan of that. I think just, just go out and just tell people the facts. Um, And I'm not, I know fear is a big motivator. And like I said, I think the political right have been the people who have fear mongered for generations, you know, going back to the Willie Horton ads and, you know, it's like, oh, immigrants are coming to kill you or black people are coming to kill you or all these kinds of things. I think like that's been like something that the political right has mastered. And now the left is taking their um, their like lead and started leaning in on fear as a tactic to motivate people. Well, I'm not that- a big fan of it. It is it is effective. Fear is a lot more effective than a lot of other emotions. To, remember to the motivate. ad a couple, remember the ad, it was like, it was going about a, a decade ago now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. The uh, the political ad of like Paul Ryan dumping grandma off a cliff. Remember that one? <laughs> it was like <laughs> on a, with a wheelchair, like running up to the edge of the cliff and then just like literally dumping this whole like, <laughs> And there's like a doll just like falls from the sky. <laughs> but that's was, funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, that's different that's not like fear that's like unless <laughs> but, you're that couple on the plane that's yeah. not fear that's no, actually like, oh they're gonna dump me off a cliff um <laughs> no you know what's great about this ad this ad is a straight up rorschach test this like it like it depends on like what you think of ron DeSantis and his policies and the way you're gonna come down watching an ad like that so so like the ad i watched that ad and i see like ron DeSantis promising that he's gonna leave masking decisions up to parents and it's like dun dun. And you're like, wow, that's what a what a shocking thing. Yeah. It's like basically a, it's like a pro Florida tourism ad. By the end of it, it, depending on how you view Ron DeSantis and uh, and again empowering people to make their own decisions about masks and vaccines. Yeah, I think they're so. they're trying to motivate. You know, they're not trying to sway the you know the right or the center. They're trying to motivate the left. Yeah, probably. Um, and that's what you do with fear tactics. Is it doesn't really sway people in the middle. It usually, uh, you know, because people in the middle generally, and I'm not in the middle, at least I don't, I don't view myself that way. But um, I think people in the middle, a lot of times, they think both sides are exaggerating. Um, So I, I think in a lot of ways, it was to motivate people on the left to go out and vote and go out and do whatever they can to get rid of Ron DeSantis. But mm-hmm. it's not really meant to sway someone with your opinions. You know what I mean? Right. It's meant right. to, you know, motivate someone with my opinions to say, whoa, hospitals are filling up. Kids are, you know, schools are getting canceled and going back virtual, which as a parent is, a, is like one of my worst nightmares. Like, I swear I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking about, oh, you know, there's back to yeah. virtual learning. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like. You know, I I think that's, you know, what it comes down to is, you know, fear is a motivator. I'm not a big fan of using fear. Yeah. um, Tactics. And like I said, the right has mastered that. Okay, let's take a look at another 
Let's take another look at another attack ad in just a moment. This one dedicated to Joe Biden. But before we do that, I want to thank our good friends over at Grunt Style. Now, if you've been watching the show for a while or listening to us here, uh, you know that Grunt Style has been a great supporter of Vincent Jason Save the Nation. This is a apparel company, a patriotic apparel company uh, that has hired hundreds of veterans and hundreds of more Americans who are not veterans, just a great company. And they make really nice, soft, and patriotic swag. Um, Jason and I own a, a bunch of these shirts. We love them and we think you will as well. And Jason, if they just go to gruntstyle.com and enter the promo code STN, well, they get 10% off their order and it's it's an awesome product and an awesome company. So I, I think we feel pretty good about them being associated with the show. Absolutely. You know, shout out to Gruntstyle. Go to gruntstyle.com uh, as soon as you get a chance and, you know, get great shirts about barbecuing and peeing outside like I have. Yes, no, that's they're awesome. You'll you'll crack up when you start looking through the apparel. There's funny stuff like Jason's talking about and and just cool stuff that yeah. you can uh, you can wear. And they got a bunch of good hoodies and stuff too. So check them out. Something for everybody too. Like don't you know? I know a lot of people may think that it's one way. You know uh, that it's politics or one way or another. But no, it's politics or America. And and there are a lot of good things that I think anybody can enjoy from Grunt Style. So go to gruntstyle.com. And use that promo code STN, save the nation, STN to get 10% off. All right, let's take a look at this uh, attack ad against Joe Biden. This one is called, This is Biden's America. Let's see what you think. <laughs> okay. With the Democratic majority in the House and Senate, we will deliver bold progress for the people when we have President Joe Biden in the White House. Smugglers and cartels exploiting chaos at the border. What anybody who has bought anything already knows, prices for just about everything are going up. We are clearly in cities seeing a rise in crime. It's a fact. Scenes of panic and pandemonium at Kabul airports. It's a chaotic exodus. Not every American who wants to leave has left. Crisis at the border. There is a significant surge of migrants crossing illegally into the U.S. Nobody has put women and children uh, under more danger than President Biden has. Democrats can't protect us across the world. Democrats can't protect our street. And Democrats can't protect us at the border. How did President Biden get this so wrong? Because he will be an extraordinary president. All right, that ad put together by the National Republican Congressional Committee, the NRCC. Uh, and uh, Jason, what do we think? I mean, this is obviously a Republican ad designed to pick apart every liability that Joe Biden has. You know, the numbers do seem to support that there are a lot of Americans who are concerned about Biden's um, presidency right now. The Quinnipiac poll just out this week shows that he has 38% approval there, which is the lowest marks he's gotten so far Absolutely. in that survey. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's literally got Trump numbers now. Like It's like, it's pretty bad. Um, I think they know, and this is the pressure that I think Democrats are, are feeling right now. They've got to start um, passing some bold legislation. They got to get infrastructure through. Uh, I think you'll see it start to tick up a little bit there. But it's a, I think it's the long way away from uh, from midterms. Um, I, I think Republicans are going to take the House, so they've got to start getting things done. Um, but what do you think is going to happen in Virginia? This the big the big race that's coming yeah. up is just a few weeks away. That's Terry McAuliffe, Democrat, former governor of Virginia, versus Glenn Youngkin, uh, who is a Republican, uh, but first time running for political office. 
Terry McAuliffe was caught on tape recently saying um, that uh, Joe Biden is unpopular in Virginia, unfortunately. Uh, and he was telling um, supporters this. So what, what do you think is going to happen there? And will that be a bellwether of any kind? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you know, just like we, people were like, well, California is going to tell the story. I mean, Virginia certainly is uh, more indicative of where the country is because it's so, you know, pretty closely split uh, between Republicans and Democrats. There's, you know, Northern Virginia, the DC suburbs, and of course right. the rest of the state, which is much more rural, spaced out and red. Yeah. Um, I think it'll, it'll, it's all going to come out to turnout. And um, I believe McAuliffe is going to win by a razor, razor thin margin. Um, I think the right is going to do what they always do, which is say that there was some sort of voting machine issue or, you know, or there was fraud. But I think it's going to be a razor thin margin for either one of them. But I'm, I'm thinking that McAuliffe is going to pull this out. Mm. Um, and he's right. Joe Biden is unpopular. I don't think there's any question about that. Just like, um, you know, the former president was unpopular. Joe Biden was doing well, but then, you know, he just had a really rough end of the summer and they got to recover with, with some uh, legislation. And not only that, and this is what I say Democrats do so poorly, messaging. They just literally wipe clean uh, debt for students. About 500,000 students are eligible to have their college debt wiped clean. And you don't hear a peep about it because they're so bad at messaging. The Trump administration was really good at messaging. You know, stuff that they didn't even accomplish, they took credit for. Something to <laughs> you your know? point, something to your point, the, a lot of the uh, direct payment checks that have been cut to people this year as a result of Democrats in Congress and, and the Biden presidency, uh, people are have been seeing, especially for you know those people with children, have been seeing some uh, direct benefit from this. Mm -hmm. uh, the polling shows that Biden's getting no credit. Right. The polling yeah. showing that like Biden isn't seeing any bump whatsoever. They are absolutely awful at messaging. Um, I think Biden thinks that, you know, I want to be the anti-Trump. So I want to be old school. I don't want to go around the country and rally. I don't want to show up on TV all the time. And really, he needs him, his surrogates, all of that. They need to be go out, going out, doing these things. They, instead of these attack ads, you know, mm -hmm. uh, against some Republican politicians who aren't going to lose. Let's be yeah. for real. Um, maybe talk about the accomplishments that the Biden administration has done for families all throughout the country, including Florida. Don't go and sit there and try to attack Ron DeSantis or use your resources for that. When let's be honest, Ron DeSantis is going to win again. You know what I mean? He's going to win in Florida. I think there are other people in Florida who are a little more vulnerable. If we're talking about, you know, uh, Marco Rubio or even, you know, guys like Rick Scott, and, you know, they're, they're all a little more vulnerable, but I think Ron DeSantis is actually going to win. So in my opinion, use your resources to talk about your accomplishments. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing the Obama administration did poorly, but the Trump administration was so good at messaging. They took credit for things that they didn't even deserve credit for. And made it a talking point. And every day somebody was talking about lowest black unemployment, low, you know, all these kinds of things that they took credit for. And the Trump and the Biden administration is just terrible at it. Nobody calls me Vince. 
I don't get it. (laughs) They don't call me, you know, it'll cost them. It'll be cheaper than a lot of the people they have uh, advising them now. It's good. I'm glad they don't, because if they did, more Democrats would win. And I wouldn't like that. So I'm glad they're not calling you. (laughs) Although somebody should cut you some more checks no matter what. All right. For sure. For sure. Neil Patel. Neil Patel, that's right. Uh, our buddy Neil. Okay, uh, but before we move on, uh, let me just uh, also thank our our sponsor Gold Co., which makes Absolutely. so much of this possible. Our our uh, great thanks to our friends over at Gold Co. Now let's uh, jump into something else. You know, I I wonder what you think of of this phenomenon at uh, sporting venues across the country now, uh, usually at football games. NCAA games, uh, NFL games, but also at um, NASCAR events, for instance, we're beginning to get these chants of Joe Biden, or as one as one NASCAR uh, reporter abs- accidentally assumed was, let's, let's go, go br- let's go Brandon, which is uh, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, she's she looked like a deer in the headlights when she heard the chance. She's like, uh, I I think that's let's go Brandon. She said, um, but take a look at this. This is uh, at the Red Sox versus Yankees playoff game. Uh, one of these chants gets going. Take a listen. Joe Biden! How is that racist at all? Are you kidding me? Who gives a little Sucks! Yeah, we're racist, bro. We're racist. We're racist. We're racist. Dirty slander towards those Red Sox. Um... Yeah, so they, they're yelling Joe Biden. It is weird that she yelled, you're racist. That is a very strange retort. Uh, you don't yeah. have to like the well, chant. Was it, was it directly to, uh, you know, to that chant? Or let, that's, again, we don't have all the context. We don't know what they were saying before. Uh, you remember Red Sox fans, I believe, you know, and, and other uh, MLB fans were yelling racial epithets at some of the players. I think it was Gary Sheffield came out and said that. Adam, um, Adam, I forgot his name. Adam Smith. I, he played for the he played for the Orioles. My Orioles, who have always. Are you talking about something them. recent? Uh, these were, you know, maybe a few seasons ago. You remember there was a there was a a story from a couple months ago. Somebody was believed to have been yelling the N word on a live broadcast, and it turns yeah. out he was he was yelling to the mascot of the right, of right. the team or something. Yeah, and- we we did that one. You know, go back and watch that clip. Yeah, oh, we we, you, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. Oh wow, um, we've been doing we this did. show forever. I'm sure, we did. Yeah, no, I think we're we're like fifty two episodes in or something. Oh like that. wow, okay, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so um, but th- these are other situations that I'm talking about, and gotcha. you know, fans a lot of times gaslight people. Same thing with the Boston Bruins, and and you know, uh, you you ask any African American in the country, would they feel safe at Talladega. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of people would be like, yeah, maybe that's not my, my, uh, my crowd. Um, so I don't know what it is that they said prior, you know, okay. um, all right, let's stipulate that, you know, so that that's my thing. When, when the woman said you're racist, she didn't say that's racist. She said, you're racist. So that kind of, you know, was like, what did they say prior to F Joe Biden? Okay, all right. You know what I mean? But let me um, let me ask you then about the broader trend. And they're like, trend. we're racist. You know, they weren't like, what are you talking about? You're let me ask you about the broader trend because I had somebody suggest this to me this week. I hadn't really thought of it until now. I want to see if you get have the same reaction, which is that like you're seeing a lot of this at college football games where it's yeah. like, you know, a lot, young people, very young people, not even sure. millennials, whatever generation they are now. 
um, you know, between 18 and 22 years old, chanting Joe Biden. Yeah. And if you're like a democratic strategist, you can't be like a, a great deal of comfort to see a highly coveted demographic, which is young voters and an important demographic to the left when it comes to the base, chanting something like this with abandon uh, at um, these sporting events. Is it the kind of thing where you think, oh, what is going on? Like that you've got young people who are chanting this. No, that doesn't really, to be honest, that doesn't bother me. Honestly, if, you know, if I were 18, I don't care if it was, you know, I guess when I was 18, it was, you know, Bill Clinton, you know, who was a Democrat and I wasn't a Democrat. I, like I said, I told you, I just became a Democrat, you know, maybe like two years ago, but you know, I was always a left-leaning person. I, I just refused to join the Democrat party at the time or the Democratic party at the time. Um, but if there were a crowd screaming, you know, F the president, who I don't care who it is. <laughs> you know, when I was 19 or 18, I would have said F the president. Getting in on that action. Yeah, I'd be getting in on it. And I wouldn't <laughs> be all up, up in arms now if I was around a bunch of people saying F the president, because I think of that as F the power structure. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like F the system. Yeah. You know, he's a face for the system. Right. And so, right. you know, I mean, I would have put a little extra oomph into F Trump. You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, with, with teenagers and young people saying F Joe Biden. That's true. To me, it's like here's, the here's, system. Here's one more piece you know, of I'm evidence. Totally though. cool with that. Here's one more piece of evidence, though, that adds to the argument I'm making. If you look at the, the polling numbers, the New York Times just did a roundup of all the polls before that terrible Quinnipiac poll came out for Biden this week. Mm -hmm. And when they were looking at it, something interesting that they discovered is that Joe Biden right now has a higher approval rating among senior citizens than he does young people. Higher approval among senior citizens than he does young people. Now, his numbers are not good with senior citizens. He's still um, got majority disapproval among seniors. That said, that's a very unusual thing for a Democrat politician to have uh, because typically they're going to do better, much better with young people than older people. And so I'm kind of looking at it, at it all together. The polling responses, which are a little bit more scientific, obviously. And then, of course, just the, the crowd responses, people chanting F. Joe Biden, you know, Remember, like the, the whole conversation, you know, Trump, Trump was very obsessed with crowd sizes uh, and he had he always has been. Uh, but back in his 2016 run, he'd make a lot of his crowd sizes and the media would always downplay. It. Oh, that doesn't tell you anything. But it did actually tell you that there was actually something going on. And in retrospect, people should have taken that a little bit more seriously. Is it perfectly scientific? No, but it is an indicator that there's a sentiment in the country that's taking hold. Well, I think that, you know, what, 70 million Americans voted against Joe Biden and very passionately right. voted for Donald Trump. So if you look at the numbers of that, I mean, not that whole stadium, that didn't sound like the whole stadium was screaming F Joe Biden. That sounded like 12 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know no, that's, I mean? That sounded that's like true. a group of guys, yeah, you know that, what I mean, who were yeah. drunk and together. And, yeah. you know, I would have, if I saw that, I wouldn't have screamed at them or anything or tried to get into a conflict. I would have looked at them and been like, you know, all right, those are those are a bunch of drunk guys at a at a game. So that that really doesn't you know mean much to me. And then when you heard it at Talladega or at uh, even a, a University of Alabama football game, when you look at the mm -hmm. numbers in Alabama for Joe Biden, like that's not surprising. You know what I mean? Uh, even yeah, with that's a good point. You know, even when he had high numbers, um, a lot of these places 
you know, uh, you know, would be passionately against Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And it's become kind of a trend. And, you know, of course, we here on the Daily Caller, every freaking episode, thanks, Gary, we're talking about, you know, Gary, our producer, we're talking about, look, this person said F Joe Biden. Look, this person said F Joe Biden. Look, a new another person said F Joe Biden. This is a big trend that we, you know, play it over and over and over <laughs> and over again. And then, you know, of course, young people see these kinds of things on the internet and it becomes like a, a little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it says a whole lot, but I do think that, you know, uh, the Biden administration needs to do a better job mm -hmm. selling itself and its accomplishments because um, its opponents are doing a really good job selling all of its failures, which which are significant. I'm looking forward to the uh, clip when we play where they're yelling F Joe Biden and one person stops and looks directly into the camera, you know, like Ferris Bueller or something and says <laughs> and says, I learned this from Jason Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me let me jump into uh, something else that we need to pay attention to. You need to mind your pronouns, you see, because in our next clip, uh, we've got a transgender person explaining how they use they them pronouns for mm -hmm. a singular person. Take a look. Right. Many people ask me, how do you use they them pronouns for a singular person? Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is use it the same way that you would talk about a group of people. So for example, I, Addison, use they them pronouns. In that case, you talk about me like this. I know Addison, they are amazing. Their dress and their hair are amazing. And I'm so proud to know them. Now, a fun fact about they, them pronouns is that they've been used in a singular context for centuries. Even going back to Shakespearean times, there's actual documentation and literature using they and them in singular contexts. But if that still doesn't convince you to use they, them pronouns, I'll leave you with this piece of information. Our language is constantly changing and adapting. We're evolving to find new terms and language to self-identify. So get with the times. Don't be an asshole. All right. Okay. Words of wisdom. Yeah, no, I, I got to say, um, was, was, was her name Addison? Is that, is that what? I think so. Is that what they said? Um, Addison's hair was nice. I got to <laughs> give it to her. Mm -hmm. you know, Addison, Addison had good hair. What about the beard? Um, yeah, the beard, the beard was good too. On wasn't point, it? on fleek. Yeah, no, nah, wasn't as good as mine. But yeah, no, nah, definitely. Um, I, I, I didn't see anything wrong with that video. I, I think you know they explained what it was, you know, about these pronouns because it can uh -huh. be confusing to people who are not accustomed to it. We've all been raised to think, you know, he or she. And then we see someone list their pronouns and say, this is the way they want to be referred to. It is kind of confusing. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, they is going to the store? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's confusing. So she says, no, you still use they are. And I, I actually found that that to be kind of helpful. Um, you know, because I like, I call people what they want to be called. You know, if you want to be called they, if that's the pronoun you want to use, I'll, I'll use one it. Of the, but I want to know the grammar behind it. I mean, the whole thing, this kind of goes back to, I think, what Dave Chappelle is talking about in his new special, too. It's like, like, we just need to respect each other as people. But this whole, like, policing everyone and their language and the way that they, and, like, don't be offensive and you have to use this and say this. He's like, it drives him crazy. That drives me crazy, too. And it's like, the, and what you have is these young activists, like, how old is that person? Like, you know, 
20, 20 years old, like coming along and being like, okay, no, you need to change the language to accommodate me. Hey, how about slow down? We're like a whole country, a whole society of people. Like we, we can make these decisions. But the reality is like one, gender exists for sure. It's a useful to make distinctions. He and she, those are useful distinctions. They, this idea that has been used forever in a singular way. Yes, when the person you're talking about is unknown. That's how, that's how we use they and there. So it's like mm-hmm. somebody left their basketball in here, right? Like it's like, it's a very useful anonymous uh, pronoun. But then when you actually know who the person is, we, we describe them, you know, in, right. in ways that are not confusing. We use, we use descriptions intentionally to clarify who someone is, not to make it more ambiguous. Uh, and so is this like a, a real debate that we're allowed to have? We should be, we, we should right. be, we shouldn't, people shouldn't be like destroyed for being like, ah, you know, all of, all of my life experiences tell me that, you know, gender really exists and it's okay to use language that's clear. Yeah. Um, so I think the the way that they <clears throat> explained it is they don't want to be identified. I would have called that person she, and I think I may have just a second ago. Right. But they want to don't want to um, you know, be called she or he. They want to be called they. That and you know, I, I don't see why people are like, you don't get to be called what you want to be called. That's the same attitude that some people took with with other groups, with African-Americans before they, you know, and they said they wanted to be called African-Americans. It's like, oh, but I've been calling y'all Negroes my whole life. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like, call me what I want to be called. You know, refer to me the way I want to be referred to. You don't make the rules for me. And language is ever evolving. That's the way language is. She's right. We don't talk like we did during the Shakespearean times. Because language has evolved. If somebody came back from Shakespeare's era, we probably wouldn't even understand the English that they're speaking, largely. So to me, uh, the evolution of language is, goes along with the evolution of, of you know, human beings. And I think if someone says they want to be called they, fine. Okay, but what, here's, here's one. I have one. I have one objection to this that uh, I don't hear many people vocalize, but I'll lay it out there. Sure. The use of a third person pronoun like mm-hmm. he or her or they or that whatever whatever you want to say would only really apply if you and i were talking about that person right so by and large the person in question is not typically in the room for this right so you if i was directing if i was talking to you jason i'm not never once in this conversation have i said to you he or him about you because we're talking to each other because <laughs> right. it's like it's direct so the the pronoun the, the employing a pronoun most of the time wouldn't actually happen in front of the person. So what they're doing is trying to govern the way you talk when you're not in front of them, when you're talking about them from Mm -hmm. outside. It's just a very weird sort of like demand, like, hey, when I'm not here, you better talk about me this way. (laughs) Like, what? But, But I don't think that's wrong. Again, like, I hope when I'm not around and you're talking to, you know, uh, you know, our producers or to somebody. Yes. And you, and let's say you made a reference to, you know, the group that I, you know, identify with, you know, that you would call me, you know, African-American or something like that, or black, and you wouldn't call me Negro just because I'm not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you but wouldn't call me yeah, color. Are these things even equivalent though? I mean, they're not, you know, no comparison is perfectly equivalent. I mean, but, 
I, I just don't that, even think again, it's, it's about what, what I'm talking about is uh, identity and I and the way someone identifies and about the way we expand language and the way language evolves. And I think all of those things are present in both of those uh, examples. So that that's why I'm using. Okay, it. let me ask you then. Sure. I, look, I get I get that your impulse and it's mine too. It's like be decent to people. So like, like why, you know, why needlessly offend them? Like, if this is what they want to do, go for it. Is, is there any limit to this though? Like, so what's the limit to how much, how much, how different um, you're willing to allow your language to be dictated, right? So like, and, and, I, and I'm being intentionally um, silly with the, the description, but if somebody was like, you know, you know, call me spaghetti monster or whatever. When you're talking about me, you better say spaghetti monster. Like at some point you're like, you know what? Uh, no, no, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Like, is there any limiting principle here? Or is it just like, look, I don't want to offend anybody. So I'll just call them whatever they want forever. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, but I think that there are reasonable you know, limits here. It's it's like when people make the the disingenuous argument, like, you know, oh, you can't identify with another another gender. What if somebody identifies as a dog? It's like, come on, that's that's just the disingenuous argument. I'm not saying that that's the kind of argument you're making, but you know, a lot of people do that, and I think that you know, I I, I would not say. <clears throat> That just like you were you were pointing out that it's not a one to one comparison. I don't think that that's like really a, a one to one comparison either. Um, of course, if someone's saying call me spaghetti monster, um, I would think that was kind of funny. I would probably call them spaghetti monster because I think it's funny. Um, you know, and I tell my kids, I'd show them pictures and be like, this guy calls himself spaghetti monster. <laughs> yes, um, actually, you're right. I actually it's really so compelling. love that. That's pretty compelling. I might be on board. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if, if it's about like, look, I don't want to identify with with either gender, you know, and looking at Addison there, I don't know what gender to identify Addison with, to be right. honest. You right. know, I, I wouldn't even have a guess one way or the other. Yeah, um, the beard and the hair straightener really throw you off. Yeah, yeah. Um, the beard looked looked okay. I wasn't, I didn't think that was great, but the hair... Definitely. You know, I want to like a kind of like a kind of like a Richie McGinnis beard. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going on with Richie's <laughs> like porn stash. But let me tell you this, Addison, if you're out there, let me know where you get your hair done, because I'm going to send my wife you know, there because, you know, I pay a lot of money for her hair. It looks great. But uh -huh. if you can give me a discount where you go, let me know. But yeah, I think, you know, genuinely, I think the thing that you said that was so important and where we disagree, where we agree, excuse me. Uh, I'm so used to disagreeing that you know, I wasn't ready to say agree. Um, where we agree here is just be decent to people. Don't intentionally offend them. If it's not going to change your day, I don't know how it changes your day or your life to call someone they that wants to be called they, you know what I mean? Like that really is no sweat off my back. Like it's one thing if it's something that truly inconveniences me but if it's something that i just have to think about a little bit and be like oh right they're called they um I, I don't see how that hurts anybody at all and so the the backlash to it just doesn't really make sense to i me. do think that it's the nothing downside, about me it's about yeah. you 
Oh, I'm I think sorry. The, the, the downside seems to be that just like confusing the language is not good. We should be clear about what we're talking about. And like, you know, it's one thing as like just a, a, like adults, like just independent adults making decisions. But like, remember, like, you know, kids are affected by all this, too. And I, I wonder to what extent like we should feel. And I don't wonder. I know it's a, it's a problem to put in their minds that gender is a non-existent distinction. It's a real distinction. It really exists. And there's real attributes that go along with it. Uh, and so as a result, like, yeah, you can be you can be kind to your friend who identifies as transgender. That's totally fine. But in the meantime, you just have to be honest about the world you live in, like and and uh, and stop demanding that everyone else sort of adopt um, a form of dishonesty in order to keep you from being offended. So I don't think that that person, uh, you know, again, th these are things that are difficult to describe, but I think that that person would probably describe uh, themselves as uh, gender non-binary. So it was like, I am neither man nor woman. So that's why they, you know, you go with they rather than he or she. Mm -hmm. But so I, I don't know if it's trans so much as being gender non-binary now, because, you know, if it were Caitlyn Jenner, she would say, call me she. Um, but I think the big thing that we have to recognize is, you know, there's one thing like, for example, the term Latinx, there are people who object to that because they're saying I'm a part of this group and you're trying to rename me. Right. But with they and them, they're not trying to rename you. They're just saying, call me that. You know, and to me, it's the same argument that people made. And, and you and I have had this discussion with Muhammad Ali when people are like, no, I'm going to call you Cassius Clay. And it's like, no, my name is Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. You know, this is and, another this is another Dave Chappelle joke. <laughs> Dave Chappelle yeah. said, well, I was just so much easier for Bruce to become Caitlin than it was for Cassius to become Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. And, you know, that's why when he fought Floyd Patterson, one of one of the great fights of all time and, he, and he's punching him in the face and the whole time he could have knocked him out earlier but he made him suffer the whole time and and the whole thing he was saying was what's my name boy you know what's my name you know because he kept calling him Cassius Clay in the interviews leading up to the fight my thing is <clears throat> call people especially if it's not even about you or your identity and it doesn't change you or your identity why not call someone what they want to be called just because you have to think a little more. And I think gender is real. Gender is real like race is real, um, but they are socially constructed. And with anything that's socially constructed, it can be reconstructed. So that's why when we talked about, uh, you know, Italians, you know, all of a sudden being embraced into whiteness, at one point they were non-white and then they became white. Now, nothing about Italians changed during that time or Irish people just the way that they were identified and identified themselves. So to me, gender and other things that are socially constructed evolve and we should go along with that and we should be okay with that. Um, I think it doesn't do us any harm. It doesn't do me any harm to call someone they or them. Um, and I hope this show doesn't do anybody any harm and everybody continues to watch it. Um, <laughs> How could this show do harm? This show is this show's constantly improving everything. Jason, <laughs> Jason Nichols, thanks, man. It's, it was a good conversation with you as always. Absolutely. And everybody out there, make sure that you watch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
we are coming at you. And also watch our buddy Joe Bob on Daily Caller Live. He does a great live show. It's also recorded. Uh, he is a great guy with some great insight on a lot of different subjects. Check out our buddy Hookstead as well. Uh, like I said, I'm still waiting for this phone call from Hookstead to come on his show and talk sports. Um, but he's a guy that I think a lot of you already enjoy. And if you don't, definitely check out Hookstead. Check yeah. out Joe Bob on Daily Caller Live. And uh, continue to watch our show and support us. We thank our sponsors. Um, and we thank you for watching. Everywhere podcasts are found and on Facebook and on YouTube. Peace out.